0: Shit. Don't bullshit. 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 Bullshit.
1: Bullshit. Bullshit. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Bullshit. Where would we be without our safe, familiar American bullshit? Land of the free, home of the brave, the American dream. All men are equal, justice is blind, the press is free. Your vote counts, business is honest, the good guys win, the police are on your side, God is watching you, your standard of living will never decline, and everything is going to be just fine. Welcome back, boys and girls, to uh, Bullshit Filter, episode ninety yes it's been a few weeks oh you've changed coffee mugs I like that you're using the coffee one- mug sh- for each show it's on brand and if we're
0: gonna do if we're gonna do video put on a nice shirt get the appropriate mug but not pants because that's in my contract right Cheryl and <laughs> um no one. so I can bring the correct mug to- oh shit each show I think I just built some whiskey damn it that's anyway this is water
1: I've got my this one but it's got uh just dust in it really
0: um, Dust in the wind. <laughs> Sorry, go
1: ahead. Uh, this is uh, this is our second attempt at recording this. We did it a couple of days ago using ZenCaster, a podcast uh, recording platform. Yeah, right. And it lost Ray's side of the recording. Now, normally that wouldn't Which, be any big deal, <laughs> but uh, I think you did read from my notes for extensive periods, yes. so uh, we yes. need to. So. Redo it. Um, I want to start off. There's just a couple of stories that have hit my radar over the last uh, couple of weeks that I thought it was worth spending some time talking about. Um, The first one is getting back to the whole China-Uyghur situation. Um, People who've heard that episode or those episodes will recall that um, I said that the main source that the Western media and Western politicians are using to uh, accuse China of stuff is a uh, Dr. Adrian Zenz, this uh, mm-hmm. German uh, academic. Uh, the Grey right. Zone did a great sort of drill down on his reporting. Mm-hmm. Last time we talked about the fact that he's an extreme Christian right-wing ideologue who has written a lot of wacky shit about the end of times and... Right. Um, and uh, said that uh, he believes that God has sent him on a mission to destroy communism, which is his motivation for doing all of this kind of stuff, which I think in and of itself uh, makes you raise question marks about his credibility as a source.
0: Yes, yes. But
1: the Grey Zone have done a deep dive on his report, and I just want to touch on some of the points uh, that they have raised because it's interesting stuff.
0: Right. I did again, I just wanted to ask because we've kind of talked about this before. Where do you draw the line? It's like, okay, here's Cameron Riley, podcaster, extraordinaire, podfather of Australia. And I, I get all that. His the long form history, amazing yeah. shit. But let's yeah. say I was to read in there handsome <laughs> mm. right, yeah, he has Hardest a working big man dip. in show business. Mm. Exactly. To make up for anyway. Um so <laughs> but what if I was to read that you um Bestiality, or or, mm-hmm. or just something? Mm-hmm. It, does that does that take away? I mean, like this guy, he puts out this this stuff about China and the and the Uyghurs, and he's supposedly trying to save them, and China's bad or whatever. But then we find out, kind of, you know, end of days, Jews need to convert or they're going to die in a fiery furnace. I mean, that's kind of. Out there stuff, so I. Uh, but I wonder about the totality of the person. Can I be sane and rational nine to five, writing my papers about how bad China is, and then say all this crazy Christian shit at night mm. or on the weekends, and then still mm. be taken seriously by everybody?
1: Yeah, it's a good. It's a good point to bring up. Um, just hold on a second, Cheryl. Do I? Yeah. Do I need to answer this? Are we, are we under oath? Uh, okay. I sorry. I, apparently, I do need to take this question. Um, yeah. Uh, look, you, yes, there is the risk of using <laughs> ad hominem attacks on right. a source to attack their credibility mm. uh, as, a, as a way, as a technique of avoiding the content or the substance of their allegations or claims or reports. We don't want to fall right. into that trap, yes. but... but I think there are exceptions to something being declared an outright ad hominem. Mm -hmm. One of those is if the evidence is that the person you're talking about is batshit crazy. Because anyone who – if I said, uh, well, here's my report on uh, nuclear physics. Um, By the way, uh, I'm not saying this as Cameron. I'm saying this as the reincarnation of Genghis Khan – Uh, And I will be uh, conquering the world with my hordes uh, at five o'clock tomorrow. Um, But until then, I want you to listen to my physics report. I think it is reasonable in that instance to say this guy's batshit crazy. We should take everything that he says with a grain of salt. That doesn't mean you don't listen, but take it with a grain of salt until it's verified by a less insane source. (laughs) Right, right. Equally as a concerning, equally as right. concerning is when my insanity overlaps with the subject that I'm talking about. Ah. Okay. Yes. So in Adrian Zenz's case, mm-hmm. he has openly and publicly said that uh, he's a you know believer in the end times coming, and he's an extreme Christian, as you, as you said, believes that uh, when the end times come all the Jews will have to convert or be sent to a fiery furnace. And right. he's also said that he believes that God has sent him on a mission to destroy the Chinese communists, and that's why he's doing his work. Right. So that, there's, there's a, that's a big red flag, I think. I, I don't think it's an ad hominem attack to say, we need to be careful taking anything this guy says about China yeah. Uh, or communists in China, in particular, um, at taking it at face value because he definitely has a bias and an agenda, which is you would expect to be evident in his work because he's mm. expressed a, a, a religious based uh, 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 hatred of yeah. communism. Because as we know, communism says they're going to get rid of religion. We've talked about this in our Cold War show at length. Uh, you know one of the fundamental tenets of Marxism is that uh, religion is one of the tools of the oppression of the masses, and so a good socialist communist society shouldn't have religion in it, and so right. religious people hate communism for that reason in particular, right. which is why you know the American corporations were able to get American preachers on board in the thirties forties fifties, and sixties to demonize communism because they could position, well, if it you know becomes popular here, you guys are all out of a right. gig. So they were like, oh, exactly. fuck, better yeah. stop that, nip that in the bud.
0: Let, let me be just extremely cynical for a second because we just tonight, we recorded a Cold War show, but the last couple of Cold War shows about the CIA, it's like if there is someone saying, doing or potentially can help us against communism, let's put them on the payroll. And, and there's a part of me that was thinking about that. And I'm so cynical at this point. I can almost picture this Dr. Zenz going, you know what? America and China, they're going to be butting heads. And uh, and I don't know how long, how long he's been at this. I guess it's been for a while. But there's a part of me that can almost picture him going, you know what? I'm going to give the Americans, the American government and the American press exactly what they want, what they need to bash China over the head. And they're going to pay me. I'm going to be on shows. I'm going to write books. So they're going to have me on in interviews. I can maybe star uh, guests on a podcast or whatever. But, I mean, I, there's a part of me that's almost willing to believe that he's doing all this shit just to get paid. Because you and I could turn right now. We could say horrible things about the Chinese uh, government. For all of the 20th century, we could just spin things, we could say things, we could be the guy, we could be the China haters who supposedly back everything up with facts and all that stuff. And at some point, you know, Fox News or someone's going to have us on because they need people like that. And so there's a part of me that's just going, at the end of the day, this guy probably believes what he believes, but it doesn't hurt that he's getting all this notoriety and he's probably getting paid by somebody or several someone's. I know that sounds cynical, but it's still there.
1: Yeah, well, we know that the um, Uyghur uh, witnesses uh, Mm. that are being pulled out in in the media seem to be on the CIA payroll or through some fronts or, you know, CIA-funded operations. Uh, As for Zenz, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't – he's not interested in the money. He's just doing it for religious motivation. I don't know. Sure. Could be. But – you know, the U.S. government's claims that China's committing genocide it comes out of this uh, single source, June 2020 paper that Adrian Zenz wrote. Right. Now, um, the, the the way they've spun this, it's like, well, yeah, it's it's they're saying it's a kind of genocide. I think we talked about this last time, but they're not literally killing people. They're right. just preventing births, supposedly, of Uyghur right. people, which a is a, a form of genocide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's a form of genocide. So the uh, I guess we're going to drill down into the stats and the numbers from his report and have a look at mm-hmm. actually what's going on there. And one of the things that we'll find is that the data in the report that he talks about is contradicted and and, and he's left data out of his report yeah. that would contradict his uh, conclusions about some form of deliberate uh, genocide of the people. Mm-hmm. Um, he used statistics in his report that shows that between – 2005 and 2000, no, let me go back a second. His statistics show that population growth rates of amongst the Uyghur people in right. Xinjiang, the main region where they uh, live in China, fell by 84% between 2015 and 2018. Okay. So that is a, that's a huge drop. Okay, uh, yes. you would have to go. Okay, well, what's going on there? Eighty-four percent in population growth rates is substantial, right? Yeah. But he also provided statistics that showed that between two thousand and five and two thousand and fifteen, the Uyghur population growth in Xinjiang was two point six times higher than that of the Han Chinese population in the same region in Xinjiang.
0: Okay, so the growth rates are down, but the population is up.
1: No, no.
0: Nothing <laughs> with <of> this. No.
1: <laughs> try and try and follow. Follow. Watch. Watch the banana. Try and follow me here. Oh, that helps. All right, that helps. The Uyghur population growth rates in Xinjiang between 2005 and 2015 were two and a half times higher. Right. than the population growth rates during that same period of the Han Chinese population in that area.
0: Got it. Right.
1: From 2015 to 2018, their population growth rates fell by 84%. So what gotcha. happened in 2015 okay. that impacted on the population growth rates of the Uyghur people? Because before that period, they were actually growing faster than the Han Chinese Population. Zenza's right. figures show that there's an increase, there was an increase in the Uyghur population from 10.1 million to 11.8 million from 2010 to 2018. Okay. Uh, Chinese government figures have an even larger increase. They say 10.1 million to 12.7 million. That means, either way, that the, the Uyghur population in Xinjiang during that period, 2010 to 2018, mm-hmm. which includes the period where he says there was a decrease in the population growth rates, it grew by about 25% during that eight-year period, which sounds pretty substantial overall. Mm -hmm. Zens shows that the Han Chinese population rose from 8.5 to 9.8 million during that period. Chinese government figures says it was a little bit smaller. It was 8.8 million to 9 million. It's a lot smaller, actually. It's Two hundred thousand versus he has one point two million. They say two hundred thousand, right. but either way, it was less than the increase of the Uyghur population. Massively less than the increase of the mm-hmm. Uyghur population in that period. Yeah. Now, one of the potential explanations for this might have something to do with the one child policy that right. China's famously had since nineteen seventy nine. Mm-hmm. Uh. Now uh, the background to it is that when Deng Xiaoping took over the party in 1979, and he started to think, we've talked about this before in our China series, but he he decided, you know what, it's not working the way we're doing yeah. it. We're we're all starving. Right. We need to we need to change shit up. We need to we need to take a right. little bit of uh, capitalism, integrate mm-hmm. it into our socialism, get Mix the get the yeah get the living standards <laughs> up, right. and then. We can get rid of it and and, you know we'll have our functioning socialist economy, but you know, we weren't ready. We weren't ready to dive into socialism. We we tried to go too fast, too hard. Right. Bit like you on your wedding night, and it just ends in tears. That never works. We have to we have to we have to go back a few steps to go forwards. Right. Yes. And one of the other things we need we need to slow one of the other Sorry, I'm speaking in tongues. I've been possessed by the ghost of <laughs> right. Deng Xiaoping who's trying to speak right. Mandarin to you. Mandarin. And it's, yeah. Right. Shh That's what I'm saying. Like,
0: um So yeah,
1: Don't don't fucking interrupt. One of the other things we need to do is right, Cheryl. Diva. Cheryl, tell him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> is slow the population growth down. Right? right. We yes. we we, yes. we can't even feed this all as it yes. is. If we add another billion people over the next ten years, we're fucked. Need right. to slow the population down, one child policy for yes. the foreseeable future. You get one kid, one kid only.
0: Right. And for the Han
1: for the Han. For Han, for Han. solo, Han. Princess Leia, yeah. <laughs> they could only have mopey Darth Vader.
0: Right. Yeah, yes with mossy colored brown hair indistinguishable. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if I, and I'm going off memory here, but the Han can have one child since 1979. The Uyghurs, I think um, it was like, if you lived in the city, you could have two. And if you lived in the country, you had, you'd have three. But I think what, they found out and they really didn't do anything about was that the Uyghurs in the country were having a lot more than three kids. And so, yeah, their their population uh, was able to increase faster than the Han. But then supposedly, I guess the Chinese government at some point says, okay, we don't need to do the one child thing anymore. We brought our standard of living money up. We've got the population kind of under control. So I think they eased it a bit on the Han Chinese.
1: Yeah, kind of. So in 2015, the Chinese government right. decided to relax the one-child policy for urban Han families, couples. Right. They were allowed to have two children, and rural families were allowed to have three. So this is a new thing. Yeah. But in Xinjiang, where the birth rates had uh, been exceeding the previous limits, where they're having nine and 10 kids in some families in Don't the rural areas, they they decided to bring the Uyghur population in line with the Han population in terms of the policies.
0: Right, right.
1: So in July of 2017, Xinjiang's regional government ended the exemption for the old child limits for the Uyghur population. They were supposed right. to get in line and reduce the amount of kids they were having.
0: Now, the Chinese
1: government has said that that resulted in a 5% decrease in the birth rate in Xinjiang between 2017 and 2018. Mm. And it was the result of just equal enforcement of family planning policies.
0: Right. Because they're part of China too. They are part of China. They should be following the same rules as everyone else. Even though they're trying to break away, it's still a countrywide policy, I guess.
1: Now, on top of that... Yeah. One of the things that's happened in recent years is the population's getting older, uh, uh, which is happening around the world, which r- 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 adds to a you know a population growth decrease. Yeah, and also contraceptives have become much more widely available around the country, yes. uh, okay. and probably also to an extent the you know the de-religiousization of the country and.
0: Um, guilt and shame in your body and all that good stuff. Yeah, and
1: people, but you know, having you know more sex for fun, less sex for kids, less idea of we have to build huge families. The government over there distributes a billion free condoms to its people every year <laughs> as part of its attempts to you know minimize yeah. the population growth. So, and as an example of be. this, the city of Guangzhou, which is long way from Xinjiang. The rate of newborn babies is now at its lowest point in a decade. So population growth, there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, This isn't to say that the Chinese aren't deliberately trying to uh, reduce the population in Xinjiang. That may be true. Uh, But I guess what we're saying is that there's a lot of factors here that – Come into play when you look at the population growth decline, and they're not being part. They're not part of Zenz's report. He's omitted them, and they're exactly. not part of the the media story that's being presented to yeah. us in the West. And then you have to ask, well, why not? Why right. did Zenz not include this information in his report? Is it? Uh, an omission, a deliberate omission, or just is he doing a shitty job? Yeah. Um, and then why isn't the Western media pointing out these facts apart from the grey zone? Why isn't the Western media pointing right. out all this and doing their own analysis, getting their own researchers who can do this analysis and break it down and provide some context and some depth? And it some gets balance. back, yeah, yeah. it gets gets back to this quote that I used in our Cold War show today too. Mm-hmm. Um, Donald P. Gregg, uh, I just read his memoirs, uh, Pot Shards, mm-hmm. Fragments of a Life Lived in the CIA, the White House, and the Two Koreas. He was right. a CIA employee for 30 years, Station Chief, uh, National Security Advisor to Vice President George H.W. Bush, U.S. Mm-hmm. Ambassador to South Korea. And in his 2014 memoirs, Towards the End, He has this great quote, which I think every American child should have to recite, hand on heart, every morning, uh, instead of the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it feels like my heart because it's throbbing, but I'm probably wrong. I don't do anatomy, do I, Cheryl? Very funny, Cheryl. You go ahead, Cam. Visual joke. And for
1: those of you who don't know, we put our shows up on YouTube now, so you should, if you want to see the visual jokes, if you can
0: experience.
1: Yeah. Here's the quote. As I think back over the varying patterns of US foreign policy that I have observed or been a part of, it seems clear that what invariably gets us into trouble is our tendency to demonize foreign leaders or foreign groups we neither like nor understand. In such cases, we fill our gaps of ignorance with prejudice and the result is hostility Fueled by demagoguery, and damage done to all concerned.
0: Nailed it. That's that's the American mentality, and I'm sure other countries do it too. But we definitely demonize people who are not completely on board, and kind of like Trump, loyal. If you're not 100% loyal, we will find a way to pick you apart, think less of you, and then we're when you're when you're dehumanized, we can do whatever we we will justify doing whatever we want to you.
1: And we do. And as I said on the Cold War show, we just did. Look, I I think that this kind of mentality is standard for all people who run empires, because you kind of need to have this mindset if you run an empire. To run an empire, you have to think we're superior, they're inferior, us, them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know, in order to sell that, you it's a lot easier if you can portray them as being. barbarians or evil or corrupt or villainous or whatever you have to mm-hmm. demonize them in some way to sell it to the people because if you you know went out to the people and said look uh, we want to invade this country but quite honestly they're a nice bunch of people and they're doing their best and they're working yeah. hard and look, they the reason they don't like Just us like is because we've yeah. been fucking with their country for fifty years and we've invaded it yeah. and overthrown governments yeah. and paid militias and and you know, we're responsible for the deaths of millions of their people and economic but, destabilization of their country um because of the secret covert operations that we've been involved in for fifty years. So that's probably right. why they don't like us. But hey, listen, maybe. maybe we want to keep doing that shit. So would would yes. that be okay? You can't right. sell it to the people like that. Barry and Stan have to come in new, and go, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. First, first yeah. of all, Barry, you got some coke? Okay, now go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Ixnay on the ooth
1: tray. Like, it's
0: you. <laughs> that's not how we sell stuff. You know, no. like we, we've, we've. Words, <clears throat> wording. Come on. Pitch it. Sorry. Spin go. it, baby, spin it. Spin it. it. Right round, baby, right round. Anyway.
1: Speaking of uh, spinning it, so uh, uh, one of the organisations where Adrian Zenz works. Oh, good. He's a German, but he works for the Washington, D.C.-based right-wing lobby group, the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation.
0: That's so sweet.
1: Uh, Barry and Stan came up with that name. Right. Uh, Right. Right. Uh, I personally work for the Victims of Capitalism Memorial Foundation. Yes. yes.
0: World well, I'm, War I, I'm a charter member. World War II, yes.
1: the Vietnam War, the Korean War. I mean, there's a bunch of wars here. Grenada.
0: that
1: Yeah. <laughs> Kids in
0: Flint, Michigan, drinking shitty water, starvation, yeah. Texans dying. But yeah. capitalism, yeah. it's the best thing ever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Now, this group was born out of something called the National Captive Nations Committee, which was founded by Ukrainian nationalist Lev Dobryansky. Nice name. And its co-chairman was Yaroslav Stetsko, who was a leader of a little something called the OUNB militia that we've talked about on our Cold War show in recent times. Not they were guy. literally a fascist organization that literally worked with the Nazis right. during uh, World War Two, and then went on to become a worldwide terrorist organization afterwards. Um, See, I
0: don't like that. You you make it sound like just because someone's pro-Nazi, they start an organization that goes on to terrorize other people. What about turning the other cheek or giving them a second chance? You, you assume... That they're, they're what they're attempting to do is bad. Maybe they were bad during the 1940s and 50s. Who wasn't? Let's face it, we all get a little crazy in our youth. But they're better people now. Maybe this organization is on the right path. I'm making this shut up as I go along. But for a second there, I thought I had you going. But no, they're all fucking evil scum. And I retract everything I just said.
1: Lev Dobryansky, on the other hand, uh, was born in New York City in 1918, son of New Ukrainian immigrants. Right. right. Uh, Zens is also employed by the Jamestown Foundation, which is a neocon think tank in Washington uh, that was created Correct. by Reagan's CIA director, William Casey. Don't trust that set up to act as a way of funneling money to Soviet dissidents. Um, here's, another, here's a quote from the former U.S. Deputy Chief of Mission in Beijing and Assistant Secretary of Defense, Chaz Freeman. He told cool. The Grey Zone, in the current atmosphere, we should be especially sceptical about any and all assertions by people who have become part of the current anti-China campaign In the West, before we condemn, we should be sure of our facts.
0: That's something new for the CIA, if they did it. Anyway, sorry, sorry. No, but you but you bring up a very important part. And I know this has been your obsession for like, well, obsession, this has been something you've been focused on for like six months. So let's just rehash real quick. The reason we're bringing this up is Dr. Zenz has nothing good to say about the Communist Party, as far as I can tell. In fact, they're preventing future births by their policies. I mean, they're killing people that even have been born yet. So communism, government bad. I get that. But, But like you just said a second ago, all the news or a lot of the news agencies in the West are pretty much bringing him on the show or repeating what he says, or it's basically the same message. There's no deep dive analysis. There's no counterbalance. There's no one either trying to pretend to bring up the other side. So again, this is what we are being fed. This is what we're being shoveled, you know, 24-7 with the news um, being on all the time. And so you literally have to go and work to find out not that this is wrong, because it could be right. The Chinese government could be after these people. We have no idea. But the point is, there's no other side of the story. We don't know what the other side of the story is. And we probably think that we really can't trust this guy completely, because he's kind of out there with some of his other views. So the whole the whole point is, you have to work hard and dig just to find the other side of the story, because there's always another side. There's always the other half of the story. But you're not hearing that from the major news media outlets. Why? I don't know. But it's obviously serving someone's purpose or someone's very, a group of people's purpose. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Moving right along. Yeah. <clears throat> I, want, yeah. I want to talk about um, something else involving the CIA. Um, Shock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now, there's a bit of a recent immigration court case in the US involving the Turkish Islamic leader Fetullah Gülen. Now, people, if you've heard it, you might have heard his name. Back in 2016, there was an attempted coup in Turkey, and President Erdogan in Turkey blamed it on Fetullah Gülen and his organization, the Gülen. Movement, as they're known, right. uh, you know, kind of a worldwide Islamic uh, group of madrasas or religious schools right. um, that were found. It was founded by this guy in the the seventies. Now, Gulen, who lives in the United States, uh, denied it, um, but some stuff has come out in right. this recent U.S. court case, which is really interesting. Now, um, I went looking for reporting on this, v- almost impossible to find. The story that I've got is from the Um, really? and they're quoting a Turkish news agency that has this information. So I'm saying right. that up front as a disclaimer. I tried sure. to verify it. I couldn't verify it. I couldn't find... I found the Turkish sources, but I couldn't find the any American-based reporting. Now, why? Well, as you'll see, it's probably been hushed up, state secrets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How the Turkish news agency got their hands on it, I don't know, but they may have – the Turkish government probably has a representative in these hearings that I imagine is leaking it to the Turkish press. Right. Um, anyway, so Gulen has been applying for a green card again in the United States. And um, one of the things that's come out of this apparently is claims made by the US State Department's own attorneys that Gulen is being funded by the CIA and his organization is being funded by the CIA, Wow! which some people are suggesting – uh, is more evidence of a uh, long-standing program that the CIA has been involved in going back decades of funding and supporting and arming Islamic groups across Oof. Asia, Central Asia, Uzbekistan, right. Azerbaijan, Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, if you go back to the Mujahideen's, Pakistan, um, mm-hmm. in order to try and control the natural resources in these regions by getting allies in these regions.
0: Right. right.
1: The same way the the, the CIA uh, supported, funded, armed the Mujahideen in the late 70s right. in Afghanistan to try and overthrow the Soviet-backed government of Afghanistan at the time, which led directly to Al-Qaeda, Um They've been, they're they doing the same thing uh, around the world. Is the allegation, is the conspiracy theory here? Now, right. as you know, my, my general viewpoint with conspiracy theories is we should entertain them all, mm-hmm. but we shouldn't believe them unless they right. are supported by substantial amounts of evidence. And right. that's quite often difficult to get, in situations like this because the evidence is being hidden from mm-hmm. us if these things are true, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about them. You know, yeah. it, there's a difference between entertaining and considering these things.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, you know, on one extreme you go, no, don't listen to any of those stories. They're all completely crazy bullshit. Right. That's unreasonable because we've, we've seen many, many times over the years that we find out decades later that the conspiracy conspiracy theories were actually true. Um yeah. you know we could we could sit here and rattle off a whole list of them. We don't have time for that. People have probably heard us talk about them a million times anyway. The other extreme is to just believe every conspiracy theory that comes along because it fits with the narrative that you want that Pharmaceutical companies are trying to put chips in the backs of our heads with Bill Gates and coronavirus was manufactured by Big Pharma and uh, everyone's out to get us and uh, the lizard people and uh, all that, right? So there are extremes. (laughs) Where I sit is in the middle. I say, look, we've been lied to enough to know that we're probably being lied to right now about what we don't know, by whom we don't know, but we're probably getting lied right? to. Our job is to try and work out who's lying right. and what the lies are and to stay open and look for evidence. And this right. is important because it seems to be some evidence of this theory. Mm. Um, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Talk. No, you talk. No, I'll I was just, take a break. I
0: was just going to ask a question because – you said something just a minute ago that – and you kind of said it in a casual way because you probably have heard of it before, but it was kind of new to me. So we know that people in America, the government in America, is not exactly crazy about Islam. Let's We'll just leave that one there. But we are supposedly maybe, through the CIA, Islamizing, or however I'm supposed to say that, areas of the former Soviet Union in central uh, in Central Asia because it would cause – the communist government in China—it would cause them trouble. Maybe other areas, like with the Uyghurs, maybe they'll break away, and then we can get our foot in the door uh, to have to to benefit from their natural resources, their labor, cheap labor, all that kind of stuff. And 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 if I could just be unbiased for a second, pretty fucking amazing for someone to go, you know, know, like decades ago, you know what? If we start kind of fucking with these regions and, and getting them to push their own religion, which some of the governments over there doesn't like, maybe they'll get mad. Maybe there'll be a civil war. Maybe they'll break away. And if they do break away, maybe we can slide in and help them with some arms, some money, build up their trust. And then the American corporations coming in and suddenly we're making a whole bunch of money with this region. And just as important, the Russian or Chinese government is not making the money. You know, it's a zero-sum game in a lot of ways. So the idea of someone sitting back and going, let's this is the 1960s or 70s, let's fuck with them and see if we can break off a couple of pieces of the of the Chinese Empire or the Russian country or whatever, that takes balls of steel to think of that or to actually implement it. Now we probably won't know for decades if this is true or not, but again, that kind of thinking, which I would almost define as crazy. I think is in the CIA's wheelhouse. And for them, that's just another day at the office. But if this is what's going on, pretty fucking crazy. And of course it could lead to war. So it's like you gotta be careful because it you might upset too many people and then suddenly you can't control the situation anymore.
1: But, I think you might be giving them a little bit too much credit. Yeah. I I don't think I when be. they st- I but be. I think when they started this, they thought this is a 60-year game plan. I thought they right. thought it's a year. Like within a year, we'll have right. overthrown year the country off. and we'll, yeah. Fragment. What, it, yeah. It, instead of seeing this as a brilliant, long-reaching, multi-generational you know, plan, Right. the way to look at it based mm. on what we know about the CIA from what we're talking about the Cold War show is 60 years of failure, failed plans – to right. overthrow the government of these countries, Right. they thought they'd get it done in a year, and when they yeah. fail, they just do it again and do it again and do it yeah. again and do it they again and do it again and well, you know, They're you're not allowed learn. to learn because oh, you
0: know, in. I'm qualified. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just it's a it's a legacy of failure, is what it is. Uh, they just Very keep going much. anyway. Let's get into the anyway, the story. Sorry. So Gulen has been living in the United States since 1998 and he's applied for a green card on three occasions that I'm aware of, 2002, 2008, and then again 2020. So the question is, first question is, how the fuck do you live and work in the United States for 23 years without a green card?
0: Is he white? No. He's a little... No. So I can't answer your question. That's the only thing I had going for me. So he's been here for 23 oh, years. He's Turkish. Not he's whitish. Turkish.
1: whiteish, yeah, no. but not white enough.
0: You know what I'm saying? Slabby anyway, white, you know. So Ottoman Slabby, white. Slabby white. Slabby white. He's been here for 23 years and we haven't kicked him out. There's more to this than meets the eye.
1: Yeah, like my son Hunter wants to go and live and work in Hollywood. He needs a green card. He can't get one easily. He can't just rock up there and go, Well, I'm here now. I'm staying. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a white boy and and an Aussie. You know, you guys love Aussies, except me. But every other Aussie, you love them. Every other one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So something is going on here. How he's, and, and it's not like, I said this to Chrissy. How, how, how do you live and work in the United States without a green card for tw- green card for twenty three years? And she said, "Well, you know, you're probably just, you know, legal immigrant. You just hide." And he goes, he's not hiding. No. They all know where he is. He's like one of he's famous. He's yeah. you know the. the and he's Tur- applying for a green card now. T- Turkey's been trying to get him deported back to Turkey right. so he can stand trial, and the U.S. government's like, "Nah, we're not into that." They've no. He's applied for a green card three occasions. He's very famous. Um. Uh, so he's not hiding. They know who he is, where he is, and that he's there, and he's been turned down for a green card on two separate occasions, and yet he's but still there.
0: How the fuck does that happen? I, I don't know.
1: Normally well, when we, I'm kicked
0: out of a place, I'm kicked out. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we know from
1: our Cold War series that the CIA has a long history of taking literal German Nazi commanders of concentration camps Right? And what, say oh, like that, moving them to the U.S. and protecting them—Nazis, uh, Ukrainian German Nazis, Ukrainian Nazis, Croatian Nazis, so, uh, Cuban terrorists—and um, right. just hiding them there, and 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 saying, "Well, you know, you just leave them alone, don't touch them," blah 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 right. blah. So I, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that, and we'll see. This guy also has a long history with the CIA, anyway. So we're guessing that he's 67 years old. By the way, um, so the Gulen movement that he runs claims to have 7 million followers around the world, apart from the schools that they run, extensive business interests valued at something like $25 billion, books, newspapers, construction, healthcare, education. And when this coup happened in 2016 in Turkey, or attempted coup, he was accused by the Turkish government of running a terrorist organisation that was trying to overthrow the government they arrested tens of thousands of people in Turkey that they claimed had an involvement with the Gulen movement. Right. And they were judges and cops and academics and all sorts of people. And in the West it was portrayed as just a big uh, purge by yes. Erdogan of his enemies and he's blaming it on the Gulen movement, etc. which may be true. Yeah. Um, but on the surface the Gulen movement seems to be the kind of Islamic uh, educational organization that you would want to support, leaving aside right. the fact that all religion is stupid um, and all, all religious people are stupid, you right. were by definition um, you sorry, I mean I would hate to break it to you but if you're watching this and you're religious, yes. you're stupid. Sorry. Yeah. Sh- Cheryl's uh,
0: nodding so she agrees. I, so I don't
1: mean to offend you but yeah. Religion is stupid, therefore you are stupid. Um, if you want to complain, write an email to Cheryl. Yeah. Cheryl at Cheryl's dot co dot UK.
0: D- dot up her ass. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um no, I came out wrong. Anyway. The Gulen
1: movement supports science and mathematics, talks about a world where Islam can get along with other religions and atheists and agnostics. Uh, Gulen is quoted as saying, studying physics, mathematics, and chemistry is worshipping God, Uh, which sounds like golden age Islam. You go back to 11th century, 12th century, when all of their great work on taking the Greek uh, and Latin classics and building on them happened uh, where they were on the forefront of science and philosophy and mathematics and and, you know, and, and, and uh, biology and all that kind of stuff. Like we're that doing Da Vinci right? in our Renaissance show and a lot of the stuff Da right. Vinci learned about optics. He got from Islamic uh, writings from, you know, uh, uh, Baghdad and places like that that had made their way into right. Europe as a result of the the, 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 the the Crusades and the printing press and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Anywho, yeah. another quote from Gulen is the antidote to religious extremism is a religious education program that teaches the tradition in a holistic and contextualized way. To be able to resist the deceits of radical ideologues, young Muslims must understand the spirit of their scripture and the overarching principles of their prophet's life.
0: Yeah. Can so, I be Yeah. Yeah. Go. cynical for a second? If I have an organization like this, and whether it started out this way or not, but now I'm pretty much the CIA is all the way up my ass to the kidneys, and and I'm getting a bunch of money for them, and they're the only thing keeping me in this country out of Turkey, where you know I will be put up against a wall and shot. Um, don't doesn't your organization have to appear moderate, acceptable to the Westerns, uh, you know stuff that they want to hear? So I I would imagine that. Even if it wasn't a front for the CIA now that we know definitively, but I would think that that would be um, their message anyway, if it, were, if it was hardcore extreme um, uh, Islamic messages, then it, he probably wouldn't be in this country. But I at the very least, I've got to think, isn't his organiza- wouldn't you expect his organization to be that kind of okay with Western moderate moderate viewpoints just to be able to get along with the people in the West? I, I would be surprised if it was anything other than that.
1: Well, you got a great point, and and imagine a meeting taking place in uh, fucking I I don't know Jerusalem or Washington uh, (laughs) fifty years ago, right? And Barry and Stan uh, running the meeting, they're like, "All right, um, thank you for coming." Um, Well, as you know, our objective today, yeah. Pass the uh, pass the Coke bowl around everyone. There's plenty of it. Don't <laughs> worry. We've got we've got our contacts in the Golden Triangle um, that the CIA established in Burma, yeah, uh, yeah. now called Myanmar. Uh, back in the fifties, um, yeah. Well, we've yeah. still got the supply chain. Don't worry about it. So the Coke's free. It's on the house. Um, we uh, we. So the goal is to uh, figure out a way to infiltrate Islam around the world. Now, right. um, obviously, uh, we don't really like the uh, the, the cloth heads, um, the the sand people. Um, wow. uh, but you know they're right. a reality. We have to deal with it. We have to we have to work with them. So right. what we're going to do. The proposal Definitely. that we are pitching today, uh, Stan, could you uh, pull that, pull up the first slide? Thank you. Where's my um, power, PowerPoint. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. before PowerPoint. It's a like oh, okay. slides madman style. You know, you you flip oh, the paper over yeah. one at a time.
0: Do I get the little light, the pointer, or is that before that?
1: Before I don't pointers. know. No, it's a stick. I'm tapping it with stick. a stick like this. You know.
0: With my penis.
1: Yeah. Uh shorts. you have to get right up and right up to the board.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like this?
1: Hold on. <laughs> oh, you're missing out if you're not watching the YouTube version of the show, people, I tell you. Just stuck his junk in the camera.
0: Oh, there it is.
1: And that was fully erect too. Wow. Oh, no. I had surgery.
0: Yeah, it's anyway, cool. please continue. I'm sorry. That was rude of me. What we're going to do
1: uh, is create an Islamic organisation Right. That is going to teach a uh, warm and fuzzy pro science, pro West version of Islam. It's still going to be Islami Islamish. That's what we're going to call it, actually, the Islamish movement. Right. It's Islamish. Yeah. Right. Um By the way, I've been getting a lot of emails recently from uh, Muslim guys um, telling me they watched my film and and right. loved it. But complaining about how I don't talk about the view of Jesus in the Quran and the view of Jesus in Islam, and in the film, you just talk that about was, the Jew, the Jewish view and the Christian view. You don't talk about the Islamic view, and I have to point valid. out. <laughs> I have to point out. Well, it's about the history of Christianity, the creation of it. Islam didn't come around for seven hundred years after Christianity was created. Sue doesn't really fit into the film, but, but thank, thank you, you for, for your thank you for watching, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, anyway, so yeah, we're going to create a uh, Western-friendly Islamic organisation, fund the fuck out of it, and hopefully over time we can take over uh, right? the the, uh, right? the traditional Islam thing. Um so you right, it could have happened that way who knows anyway we we've seen yeah. crazier things that the cia has concocted and, and crafted yes. right front groups front organizations with fake missions um etc cetera, etc cetera. oh yeah yeah now um the turkish government has accused him of being connected to funded by supported by the cia which of course <laughs> Gulen denies and the CIA denies, American government denies. Turkey's chief prosecutor after the 2016 attempted coup issued an arrest warrant for a former CIA officer called Graham Fuller. Right. Now, Fuller's, Fuller's a, an old guy, really, he's like in his 70s or 80s or something now.
0: Um,
1: yeah. 80s, I think. Now, he's the former vice chair of the U.S. National Intelligence Council and they mm. accused him, the prosecutor accused him of having links to Gulen uh, and saying that he had a meeting with some other guys near Turkey just before the coup that uh. Uh, w- that led to the, the coup. Now, I looked up Graham Fuller. I'd never heard of him before, but he's mm. um, 83, as I said, and according to the New York Times was the architect of the Iran-Contra scandal. Holy uh, shit. Back in his days with, I think, the National Intelligence Council, he wrote a think piece that said, you know, we could uh, do a deal with the Iranians that we've got under an economic blockade, but we could do a secret deal where we could be, uh, you know, finding ways to get secret slush fund money by selling them arms and getting the cash and then using that to give to the Contras in Nicaragua to fight the communists down there. And then obviously um, uh, Oliver and Reagan and Bush picked it up and ran with it, but he came up with the idea. So he's not unaccustomed to coming up with plans for overthrowing governments in countries that he doesn't like. Damn right. Um, now, uh, to add to that, <clears throat> the connection between Fuller and Gulen goes way back. In, ni- in 2008, Fuller, along with another former CIA official, George fetus and a right. former U.S. ambassador to Turkey, Morton Abramowitz, wrote endorsement letters for Gulen's green card application, his second green card application in 2008.
0: That's not normal. Like... If I was to apply to Australia for citizenship or to come over, I've got you and you probably would have to mm-hmm. think about it before even trying to help me get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Chrissy Fox would definitely sign, but it'd be in fucking crayon. I don't know if that's legally acceptable. And so this guy's got major hitters then CIA and an ambassador and whoever the fuck else is actually standing up for him saying, oh, we should definitely make this guy an American citizen. That's not normal.
1: Well, the ambassador to Turkey, you can understand, he probably knew the guy or had a relationship. With okay. him, but why would two former CIA officials be uh, putting in a good word for you? Right? It um, sure wasn't enough. That. He didn't get it. Anyway, the right. Gulen, the current immigration court case is going on. He's having another crack at it, and leading Turkish newspaper Hurriyet reported this. Gulen's financial resources were detailed in the public prosecutor's arguments, which claimed that Saudi Arabia, Iran, the Turkish government, and the CIA were behind the Gulen movement. It stated that some businessmen in Ankara donated 10-70% to of their annual income to the movement, and that it corresponded to $20,000 to $300,000 per year per person. It added that one businessman in Istanbul donated 4 to $5 million each year and that young people graduating from Gulen schools donated between $2,000 and $5,000 each year. Among the reasons given by the U.S. State Department's attorneys <laughs> as to why Gulen's permanent residence application was refused is the suspicion of the CIA financing his movement.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Because of the large amount of money the Gulen's movement uses to finance his projects, there are claims that he has secret agreements with Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Turkic governments. There are suspicions that the CIA is a co-payer in financing these projects. The U.S. State Department attorneys are saying this. (laughs) And even they are only able to say there's suspicion. They Obviously, they don't get this. They ring up the CIA and go, are you doing this? And they're like, shut the fuck up. And they, you know... So,
0: yeah. 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 We haven't really gone into this yet on the history of the CIA, but I'm sure it's coming up. The CIA, the State Department, the National Security uh, Agency and all those FBI, they all compete with each other because they want their budgets bigger and everybody else is smaller. And so like we did in the uh, CIA show tonight... There's a point where one of the agents says, we need to shut this office down because everybody in it is a double agent. and Fidell Smith is like, no, we can't because that would make us look bad and we don't want to look weak and all the other agencies would point their fingers and laugh and I would cry. So the point is they can't admit they they can't admit mistakes. And so I, in some ways I'm surprised in some ways I'm not, but the State Department is like, we're pretty sure he's got the CIA taint on him. No, thank you. We're not going to do anything to help this guy become a citizen. I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal for the uh, State Department lawyers to be saying this in public. Normally, you don't do that kind of thing.
1: Okay, but I, I sort of begs the question: Why yeah. would that be a bad thing? Surely, that would be a good
0: thing if that you're thinking being honest of, and open.
1: Well, no. If you're trying to decide whether or not to give the guy a green card, the fact that he's mm-hmm. getting funded by the CIA should be a green tick.
0: Unless you're the State Department and you've got a long institutional memory and you know that the CIA is a fucking joke since its inception in the late 1940s. Fuck them. I mean, why should you have the CIA? Em. Fuck <laughs> them. Why should you have the But they're saying CIA? that's
1: a reason not to give him a green card is that he's useful to the CIA.
0: Yeah. I it doesn't
1: make sense to me. I would think they, that would be a tick. You'd be like, oh, okay. This guy's useful to America. Let's give him a green card.
0: No, you're right. In a different world, they might be working together hand in hand because it's us against the world. But again, these various agencies compete with each other. Um, And it is still shocking that they're saying this out in public, whereas normally they would just go, look, we're not going to help this guy, but we don't need it all out there. Dirty laundry. You know what I'm saying? They're fucking putting it out there. So again, just like everything else, there's a reason. We just don't know what it is.
1: The other thing that I find confusing about this is that um, the list of countries that are supposedly supporting the Gulen movement, Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Turkey. Yeah. Now, yeah. Saudi Arabia and Iran hate each other. They're mortal enemies, Sunni and Shia. Um, right. The Turkish government kind of hate them all as well. Right, uh,
0: right.
1: They're sort of sort of frenemies. Um yep. Khashoggi, Jamal Khashoggi was murdered in the Saudi embassy in Istanbul, um, yes. Yes. And, and the Turks were the ones who gave up Ma bin Salman uh, as a result, of, which is their next story we're coming up to. But it, it like these seem like weird organisations to be co-funding this guy, and the Turkish government is accusing him of being a terrorist organisation, but the yeah. State Department is saying he's being funded by the Turkish government. Now, I know he did have friendly relations with even Erdogan going back sometime. Right. The, right. the story is um, there that uh, partly that Turkey, when Kemal Ataturk founded modern Turkey, it was sort of a secular country. Mm-hmm. Um, when Erdogan uh, took it over, they've been sort of re-religisizing Turkey to a point. He kind of did a Reagan and said, "You know, I need to get in with the religious groups in order to get political support." Gotcha. Um, so he was friendly; I uh, was on friendly terms with Gulen for a period there. But I mm-hmm. um, and Gulen's got a long track record in supporting various Turkish coups, etc., as well. Anti-communist for all the usual religious reasons. But um, then they had a falling out before the the attempted coup in 2016. They had a falling out Erdogan and Gulen, so it's a complicated Mm -hmm. relationship there. But. You know, I wanted to point out that uh, apparently the Gulen movement has set up madrasas, religious schools, all over the world in the 1990s, including all of those newly independent Turkic republics, the former Soviet countries, Ah. all the stands, Azerbaijan, Tomekistan, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and in Russia. And it appears uh, that these madrasas are being used by the CIA as fronts for them to have send agency and in undercover into these regions. They, yes. they, they are called teachers and they have diplomatic passports, but they're really serving as, uh, you know, operatives in right. these regions. Eyes and ears. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, building um, movements there to overthrow uh, any potentially communist friendly countries, uh, governments, movements. Yeah. And, you know, that's the way that you, you, you overthrow countries like this. You always find uh, minorities, people that are religious minorities or, or mm-hmm. political minorities or ethnic minorities right. who feel like, uh, you know, they, they're getting a – you know, they, they disagree with the ruling elite. Mm-hmm. And then you fund them and support them to build a rebel movement. Build a rebel alliance, right? right? That's right. how you do this. Right. To, uh, to so you. it looks like it's the locals that are overthrowing it, the government, exactly. not you. This is. Right. This has been the American method, uh, which is Day a one. lot different. You know, and from time to time you've just rocked in with armies, but it usually goes badly, and then you're like, oh, shit. Now we yeah. have the PR disaster of it looking badly. If you secretly, covertly fund, um, train, support rebel movements in these countries, no. uh, if it goes it's badly, it's not it's, it's not on you. Yeah, People go, well, they were funded by the CIA, and you go, prove it, motherfucker. Like, uh, yeah. you, know, you got any proof? Yeah. Don't have any proof. Conspiracy we any theory. Receipts, they yeah. don't
0: have any receipts. So. Yeah. And we don't keep records. And yeah. anyone who
1: did know about the connection, we threw out of a fifth-story building. <laughs> so, you know, good luck proving it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Now – uh, this ties into the Uyghur story that we did earlier. Um, now, there's a woman called Sibel Edmonds mm-hmm. who I've been following for some time. She runs a independent journalism site called Newsbud and has done a couple of other different things, um, blogger on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. But her story is interesting. She was uh, uh, hired by the FBI after 9-11 to be a translator and she was fired six or seven months later after she became a whistleblower and accused one of her colleagues of covering up uh, illicit activity by Turkic nationals. Oh. Um, She tried to take them to court for wrongful termination, and the FBI had it thrown out of court because they said in order to defend it they'd need to reveal state secrets, and they can't do that, so it got thrown out of court. It's always handy to play that card. Yes. Now, uh, so she's since become sort of an activist, uh, independent journalist, etc., blogger, conspiracy theorist. Mm -hmm. And the story that she's been pitching for years has been that after the fall of the Soviet Union, the superpowers began to fight for control over these regions in Central Asia because of the oil and gas and mineral resources wealth there, which is estimated to be worth something like $3 trillion. And uh, they're all fighting for it, and mm-hmm. because of the populations of a lot of these countries are Muslim, the U.S. has been working with um, Islamic allies in these regions, and it's the same is also true in Syria, as we've seen. Again, another secular right. region but dominated, as Iraq was, under Saddam, big Muslim population but a secular government. Syria mm-hmm. under Assad and his father, big Muslim population but a secular government the the u s have been working with uh, to support Islamic terrorist groups and uh, and mm-hmm. and organizations like this, which, according to Turkey, is a terrorist group uh yeah. in order to help them destabilize the governments of these regions so the u s can get control and and the way that it works, getting back to what I was saying before, is you you know you go to these organizations and you say, we will support you to overthrow mm-hmm. the government and put in a government that's friendly to you in return for that, if we accomplish our joint objective, our mission, what Mm -hmm. we need is American corporations come in and take over your resources, right? That's the, that's the basic business plan that you see being rolled out in Central America and Asia and Central Asia and Europe uh, during the Marshall plan, the years, et cetera, et cetera, Africa, et cetera. It works. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really good business model We don't have to send our troops in. We'll just send you covert funds and training and expert guidance. And we'll say it's all in the name of freedom and we'll give you political air cover and media air cover and best of luck. Yeah. According to uh, Sabelle Evans, this is the question we all need to be asking ourselves. After 9-11, the US government engaged in mock investigations and shut down many small Islamic charities and organisations, giving the appearance of action in the so-called War on Terror. Why then did they harbour support and resource Tula Gulen's $25 billion madrasa and mosque establishment efforts throughout the Central Asian region and the Balkans?
0: Maybe because goals.
1: they're a moderate Islamic group uh, or maybe there is another motivation here, but it's worth thinking about. Yeah. And we're over an hour, but just to wrap up quickly uh, with more CIA <laughs> and uh, Middle East stories. Um, right. Yeah, during the last election campaign, Biden said that if he won, he would uh. kick Saudi ass up and down yes. Main Street. Mm. Uh, for the assassination of Jamal Khashoggi, uh, and he said he would treat them as the pariahs they are, etc., etc., etc. He's in power now. He did declassify and release the CIA assessment that said that Saudi Crown Prince MBS Mohammed bin Salman was in fact responsible for right. the murder of Khashoggi in the Saudi consulate in Istanbul in 2018. But he's not going to do anything about it uh, apart from the fact that he won't personally talk to the Crown Prince only sure. to the Crown Prince's father, King Salmon,
0: Take King that. salmon,
1: yeah pink salmon, salmon as opposed to Atlantic King, salmon, the son.
0: King pink salmon. yeah, yeah, but Biden's
1: Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin is still speaking with the Crown Prince and he did so. He's got to- Earlier last week. Now, how do you think that conversation went? Uh, Look, um, you're about to see something in the press saying that we blame you for the death. Yeah. But don't worry about it because nothing's going to happen. It's all kosher. Oh, that's a Jewish joke. And you don't like Jews. But it's what's the. Do you have an Islamic version of kosher? I don't know. You guys worship the same. Oh, descended from the same guys. I don't know. Yeah. Leviticus. Um,
0: Yeah. So you're still going to buy weapons from us, right? Oh, then we're all good. Sell us
1: cheap oil, buy weapons. It's all good.
0: Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that was. I don't know. Let us use your
1: military bases for our various adventures.
0: Harass Iran. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, We're going. We're going. Yeah. Um, what, what, seriously, seriously, hmm. what can Biden do? I mean, I, and I'm not trying to be a smart ass or anything, but it is a separate company, uh country. They have their own constant, they on their own laws. They have their own military. Let's be quite honest. I mean, America not going to, uh, to be honest, let's be honest, American citizens aren't going to want a war over one killed journalist again, who isn't white. I mean, w- what could Biden do? Not, you know, I'm just wondering, there's only so much.
1: Right. They could, they could stand up in the United Nations and uh, mm-hmm. accuse Saudi Arabia of the murder. Um, economic
0: san- sanctions.
1: <clears throat> economic sanctions. Yeah, we're not selling you any more weapons to Saudi Arabia <laughs> unless you hand Cheryl, unless, you, you, know hand over, unless right. you hand over unless you hand over MBS to stand right. trial in the United States. We're not selling you any more weapons, and we're not buying any more of your oil. Complete economic sanctions. Against basically what you do to Iran and North Korea and Cuba, right? Do it to Saudi Arabia, um, which, by the way, is illegal. Collective punishment is a crime under international law, as I keep pointing out. But America does it gosh, anyway. Legal. You could you could uh, take the case to the International Criminal Court. Oh wait, you're not members of the International Criminal Court because then. People would bring Americans in front of the International Criminal Courts. I I, I yeah, see the mad. uh, madness in your method there. The conundrum. Um, so uh, you know the, the the comparison to Iran is important. That you've literally said you believe the the CIA believes that he was the responsible for the bur- chopping up of a guy in a bathtub murder for being a journalist for being the yeah. cri- for the crime of being a journalist. And you were going to let him off scot-free and do nothing about it. And yet, Iran's population of 85 million people have been under financial blockade for decades. Cuba's been under a blockade for decades. North Korea for decades. They didn't chop anyone up in a bathtub. But Saudi Arabia does it, and they get away with it scot-free. And despite all of Biden's blustering during the campaign... You know the Democrats, uh, as I said on one of our shows the other what day, happy to uh, give big talk but then do nothing. Right. As much as the GOP,
0: trying to become president, Cheryl, close your ears. Trying to become president is a lot like dating a woman. You're on your legs, Cheryl. Just your ears. (laughs) What? Just yeah. That's good enough. Open your legs, thanks. Um, you tell them what you got to tell them. You say what you got to say. You go through the motions. No, I re- no. Tell me more about yourself. I find it fascinating. Whatever. When you get in, no pun intended, then it's like fuck you. Do whatever I want because I'm in. Just like Trump said. Well, you know, we're voted in now, so now I ain't got to make up all this bullshit about what I'm going to do as president. So Biden did what he needed to do to win, and now he is not going to do anything he either can't do, perceive he can't do, or maybe he's focused on COVID. I don't know, but he's not going to do shit. And that's the way the world is because testicular fortitude. He doesn't have any.
1: I got to tell you one more story before we go. Um, The gab. I signed up to the gab, which is this far right wing uh, social media site. Yeah, it's one of the things that I read. It's like Reddit for crazy right-wing social uh, nutcases. Um, Founded by a guy called Andrew Torber. He's the CEO. And I've been getting his email blasts from them recently, which is uh, kind of fascinating. Right. Uh, I, I got one a couple of days ago called Why the Oligarchs Fear Christianity? This is from Andrew Torba himself, CEO, who signs his emails, uh, Andrew Torba, CEO, Gab.com, Jesus is King. Uh, this email reads, Gab has been banned from five different banks over the course of the past three weeks. We operate a legal U.S. business. We sell a software license to our Gab Pro service along with hats, shirts, mugs, and other merchandise. The latest bank told us they are terminating our account because, quote, the media has written bad things about your business, end quote. The digital and economic secession and segregation is already happening, and Gab is proof of that. Gab is the test case for the oligarchs. They will soon start attacking churches and Christian organizations in the same way that Gab has been persecuted for nearly five years now. Perhaps this secession will become geographic next. Time will tell, but personally, I'm mentally prepared for it. We didn't choose this. The psychopathic oligarchs in the American regime did. We will gladly embrace it and no longer associate with wickedness and their death cult of communism and critical theory. They can keep their drag queen story hours, 87 genders, degeneracy, moral depravity, and endless chaos. We choose our humanity, freedom, order, and Jesus. This is, of course, exactly why those in power are attacking Gab. Tens of millions of Christians are using Gab services every month to unite and access an uncensored free flow of information that can't be found anywhere else on the internet. Blah, 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 blah. It goes on to say it's Christianity that's being attacked in the United States. As you can see, brothers and sisters, Christianity is under an all out assault from the American oligarch regime. But why? The answer is simple. They want us divided against one another by race, political parties, and more, because if we unite together in Christ, we will topple their regime to take our country and our
0: culture back. He had everything in there but the kitchen sink. Maybe that too. I don't know. What did Shakespeare write? A man may smile, or in this case, write eloquently, and yet still be a villain. So this guy is all over the place.
1: It finishes like this. Let me ask you a question. Who does the Chinese Communist Party fear? Is it the American government, the European Union, Russia? No. The answer is Jesus Christ. There are now nearly more Christians in China than there are people in the United States. Praise the Lord. What, who do the oligarchs in the American regime fear? Jesus Christ. Christ will take dominion over China, the United States, and the rest of the world. It's not a question of if, but when. And God, as God's chosen people, Christians need to unite together now more than ever and take collective action against the enemy by exiting the existing and corrupt system to build our own.
0: I don't fear Jesus. I fear Old Testament God. God scares the shit out of me. But New Testament Jesus, he's going to come up, hug you, share some uh, edibles with you, watch a sunset. I mean, he's just a he's just a fucking hippie hugging trees and take care of poor people and whores, which is my specialty. Don't I don't fear Jesus. I think we're going to be okay. But I guess he's thinking of the wrathful Jesus, right? Any day now. He's coming. Any, d- Any, day, Any day now. Any
1: day. <laughs> All right. I got to go. I got an Italian lesson. Yes. Um, ciao. Uh, we'll be back at some point, folks. Bullshit Phil, you know, we're not going to do it every week, but we'll do it a couple of times a month maybe. Yeah. Whenever I get up enough stories that I want to rant about is when we'll do it. <clears throat> uh Ciao. Bullshit, bullshit bullshit, bullshit.